Hi, everyone. Peter Brower here, and you are listening to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. Today's episode is the fifth in a six-part series on the Torah that we've been doing together. Hope that you've been blessed by that. If, if you haven't been following along with the series yet, just really encourage you to go back to listen to the previous episodes. In today's episode, though, we are talking all things tabernacle. We're talking about that tent that God had the people of Israel build. And I think it is such a timely lesson. We live in a world where God often feels very far away. We look around and we can't see him anywhere. And the tabernacle reminds us that God wants to live among his people. So why don't we jump in as we take a look at this lesson and as we see how it points us to Jesus. Does God ever feel far away to you? probably a silly question, right? Um, I think I could guess the answer. At least there are times for all of us, maybe not all of the time, but there are moments in our lives, uh, maybe many moments, maybe even most moments, where where God feels awfully distant, right? Where we look around us at the circumstances that we face day to day, and it just looks like God couldn't be further away. Uh, I'm recording this in August of 2020, and that is certainly the case today. We, we are living right now in the midst of this pandemic of COVID-19, and it, it's easy to wonder where God is. Uh, we're dealing with some social unrest. Uh, we see many examples on a daily basis of injustices, uh, looting and rioting. There are some hurricanes that are making their way to, to our country, and a, a series of tornadoes just passed through Iowa, leaving destruction in their wake. And, and again, it's so easy to wonder where where God is in the midst of this. It feels, it looks like he couldn't be further from here. Now, now I don't say this to make us feel any better about our situation. I I think it's just the truth, that this is nothing new, right? It's actually been this way ever since the Garden of Eden. In in the Garden of Eden, at least before the, the fall, before Adam and Eve ate that fruit, things were different, right? They were walking and talking with God, living in this holy communion, with their Savior, it, and it was beautiful, and it was wonderful. They, they knew where God was, right? He was in their midst. He was with them every day. But, but as soon as sin came in, right, that relationship was broken. They ran, and they, they hid, and, and then eventually God cast them out of the garden, a, away from his, his presence. Um, as we've seen, though, in the story, that's not what God wanted, Right? God created his people, Adam and Eve, because he wanted to be with his people. What we've seen already is, is that the, the story of the Torah, and really the story of the entire, entire Bible, is a story of a, a God who wants to be present with his people, living as their, their partners. Right? And, and so God was so determined to, to get that back. And, and that's what we see in, in the story of the tabernacle today, from Exodus chapters 25 through 30. The, the tabernacle is God's way of, of getting back to what was lost in the garden, to living in communion with his people again. Now, just a, a brief recap on, on what this tabernacle is. It was really just a, a movable tent. It was a tent in which God promised he was going to dwell and live uh, uh, among his people. And this tent, it followed the Israelites uh, around. It led them by a a pillar of of clouds during the day and and, and fire at night so they would see where they were supposed to go. And uh, it was this place where, where God most certainly was living amongst them. 
Now, this tabernacle, it would eventually find its permanent form, a permanent structure in the temple. So maybe you're more familiar, I've heard of the, the temple. Uh, the tabernacle is just uh, the, the non-permanent form of that, the movable form of the temple. Um, the, the, the tabernacle, though, and, and the temple are very different, I think, in many ways from what we think of when we hear that word temple. When we hear the word temple, we think most likely of a, of a place that people might go to worship their God, right? It's just a structure where we go uh, maybe to learn Bible stories or to get religious education or, or to offer up our hour or 90 minutes of, of worship to our God. Uh, but temples in the ancient world, and this applies to God's temple too, were so much more than just buildings of religious education or praise. Temples were the, the homes of the deities, right? It, it's where the gods lived among the people. And, and that is true of, of God's temple. The, the tabernacle was the place where God was, was truly present with his people. And, and so the gift of the tabernacle was, was well, it was numerous. There, there are many things, many gifts that the tabernacle gave to God's people. The um, first gift, of course, is that it was the very visible place where God was. So if you were an Israelite farmer working out in the fields, right, you could look over and maybe see the smoke rising or smell the sacrifices being burnt, and you would know, oh yes, God is with us. On a really bad day, it was clear. If you were a mother working at home with your kids, and they were driving you crazy, and you wondered, God, why aren't you here right now? I need you, right? You could Again, smell the sacrifices, look out your door, and see the tabernacle, and you would know God is in our midst. Uh, when enemies were approaching, right, um, or when your guilt filled you up, you could look to that place and remember that, that, that our God is not some far-off, uncaring, distant God, right, but one who has chosen, chosen to live among us. He's here in our midst. So that's the first gift of the tabernacle. It was... It was not only God's presence, but it was this visible sign of his life amongst his people. Uh, the other gift of the tabernacle is, is that it revealed God's character, right? And, 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 and one of the qualities or characteristics of our God is that he is totally holy, right? Uh, unlike us, he is, he is different than us in, in that way. While we have sin and brokenness, God is perfect and holy. And so much of the tabernacle reflected that holiness. If you were to walk into the tabernacle, you, you would immediately be able to tell that this was a different place, right? This was not like your home or your tent, right, where your family lived. Uh, whether it was the ornateness of the gold and the precious stones that, uh, that, that formed it or the, the expensive acacia wood uh, that comprised the tabernacle or whether, whether it was just the orderliness of how everything was laid out. And it was orderly. Um, it, it was clear that this place was different. It was special. It was set apart. This was holy ground. And uh, th that, again, reflected the holy God who lived amongst that, that we are worshiping a God who is totally other than us, so different from us, of course, in, in all the best ways. Uh, the, the, one of the other things, then, the, the final thing we'll touch on here, the, the, the other gift of the tabernacle was not only was it God's dwelling place, not only did it reflect his holiness, but it, it was also a place of mercy, right? It was that place that you could go to to have your sins forgiven, where, where you could once again regain access to your creator. That access, that sin destroyed, uh, that wall of sin would be knocked down 
in the tabernacle because this is the place where, where the sacrifices were made, where, where guilt and shame were atoned for, where the animals were slaughtered and their blood shed so that you could live in the freedom and the forgiveness of your God. So, so not only did the Israelites know that they had a, a holy God present among them, but they also knew that this God was kind and compassionate, that he forgave them and, and that he loved them. Uh, what a gift this, this tabernacle was. Uh, the only problem is that sin continued to get in the way, right? As the story goes on, we see that over and over. So again, as you might know, the tabernacle f finds its permanent form. Rather than a tent that is moved, it, it's, it's bricks and mortar in a particular place, Mount Zion in Jerusalem, built by King Solomon. You might remember that story. And yet, even this, this permanent temple turns out to be not that permanent. <laughs> in fact, the, the, the temple would be destroyed two times. And it, it's destroyed because of human sin because humanity just can't seem to get it right and they keep on turning to God. It's like they keep pushing him away and eventually uh, God gives them what they want, right? And so he, he, he breaks uh, down the temple, destroying the access that they enjoyed to their creator. It's a heartbreaking story, right? And yet, uh, as we've already seen in this story, our God is persistent and he wants to be present with his people living uh, together with them as their, their partners. And he's willing to do whatever it takes, which is why Jesus came. See, Jesus came here to, to, to this earth in a, a sense to, uh, to, be the, to be the temple, right? Uh, listen to these words from John chapter 1, verse 14. Uh, John writes to us, And the Word, of course that's Jesus, And the Word became flesh, and he, and he dwelt among us. In fact, the Greek word is he tabernacled amongst us. He tented amongst us. Quite literally, that's what it means. Pretty neat, huh? Uh, God dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, Jesus is, is God's tabernacle amongst his people. Uh, God not willing to wait around for his people to get it right and come to him. And so Jesus coming to us in the flesh as one of us. Or, or listen to these words that, that spell it out so clearly and beautifully from Colossians chapter 1, 15 to 20. And this passage, uh, written by the Apostle Paul, many people actually think that this was an early Christian hymn that, that Paul is kind of singing or quoting in the midst of his, his letter. And this is what Colossians 1, 15 to 20 says. It says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Jesus all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the first for, uh, firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Uh, these words are so beautiful, but they, they tell us some important things, right? The, the one who created the world and was there in the beginning, and the one who, who sustains this world and holds it together, and the, and the one who, who reconciled the world came to this earth uh, in bodily form. And in Jesus, God in his fullness lived 
and dwelled among us. Uh, Jesus himself finally puts it rather succinctly in Matthew 12, verse 6. He says, I tell you, something, or we could even say someone, greater than the temple is here. And of course, Jesus in that passage is referring to himself. Uh, Jesus is the temple on earth in one sense, and yet he says he's greater than the temple because no longer will, will God's people have to go to a, a physical building found on a map to have access to God, right? You, you no longer, if, if you live in America, will have to travel thousands of dollars to come into contact with your creator God because now God is found not in a, a place, not in a building, but, but in a person. You see, it's through Jesus that we once again gain access to God. Jesus is the temple. And, and yet uh, Jesus is also described in the scriptures not only as the temple, but also as our great high priest. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9 in particular will make this clear. See, the priests were the ones who worked in the tabernacle and then in the temple. Uh, they were the ones who, who went to God on behalf of the, the people, bringing the people's sacrifices to God and, and, and pleasing him on their behalf. Uh, what we hear now is that Jesus is that great high priest who through his once-for-all sacrifice of his own body on the cross gains us that access back to God. So Jesus is both temple, he's the place of God's dwelling, and he's also the priest, the one who gains for us by faith access to our creator and our savior. Uh, there is one really interesting twist, as if that wasn't all amazing enough, right? There's, there's a really interesting twist that happens throughout the pages of the New Testament. You see, uh, what, what God reveals is that now you and I, uh, that is all believers, uh, we, we could refer to that simply as the church, now the church is God's dwelling place. And all believers are a royal priesthood. Uh, th that might take some time for you to wrap your mind around. So think about it like this, right? Jesus, very clearly, was... That, that tabernacle, that dwelling place of God. God came here to earth in the person of Jesus so that we might have access, not in a place or a building, but in a person. Right? But, but the truth is, you and I, we, we don't see Jesus walking around every day, right? I would, I would love to know that I could uh, go to him physically and bodily, but he's, he's in heaven now with, with the Father. But what Jesus promises before he leaves, right, is that we're not going to be left alone. Uh, even though he goes to return to his father, it, it's not as though we're left all by ourselves. And, and once again, now God is, is distant and untouchable. No, what, what Jesus promises is that he sends out now his spirit to his people. And now that through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit, God now lives inside of us. We, God's people, are now the temple. God is so close to us that he's living among us. What a gift that is. Uh, here's how First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 5 puts it. Uh, the, the apostle writes, You yourselves, believers, are like living stones being built up as a spiritual house in order to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? You and I, as, as people who have the Holy Spirit inside of us are now the dwelling place of God. God lives among us. 
And, and we now, as that royal priesthood, have direct access to God, right? We don't have to bring sacrifices to some man in a long gown in, in order to have access to God. We are the royal priesthood. By faith, uh, we are able to approach God, not in fear or in trembling, but with boldness and in confidence. Uh, there are a couple, as we close today, just really cool stories that highlight this in the Bible. And the first is First uh, Kings chapter 8. In 1 Kings chapter 8, Solomon is dedicating the temple and he's, he's moving the Ark of the Covenant, which was like the central location of God's presence where, where the, the Ten Commandments were held. Uh, uh, Solomon is moving the Ark of the Covenant into, into the temple, right, uh, where it will stay for some time. Uh, now, uh, in, within that story, we're, we're told some images about how God descends upon the temple there as he makes his home in that place. What's really interesting is a lot of that imagery is picked up in, in Acts chapter 2, the story of Pentecost, where you might remember there is the sound of a loud rushing wind and the little flames and tongues of fire, the rest above their heads, right? And, and that story is meant to mirror or reflect the First Kings 8 story because some of the same things going on. What happened when God was making his home in the temple is the same thing that happened when God was making his home amongst the people through his spirit. So now, dear friends, remember, and I pray you would never forget, that when God feels distant and when our eyes would tell us he's a million miles away, remember that he is here, that he came here in Jesus because he loves you and he wants that relationship with you. And because of Jesus, you have access to God. Because Jesus sacrificed his life once and for all, you will spend eternity in your Savior's arms. And now today, God, Jesus, has given you his spirit that lives inside us, the church. And together, we are a royal priesthood with access every day, every moment, everywhere we go to our Creator and our Redeemer. If, if you want to look ahead a, a, a little bit, I would encourage you to, to go ahead and read Revelation chapters 21 and 22 because there is where we get a picture of what our eternity will look like with God, where we are living and dwelling in his presence, just like Adam and Eve did in the garden and just like we were always meant to. And within that story, you're going to hear one really interesting phrase. It comes from uh, Revelation chapter 21, where, where we're told in this scenario that what one day will be ours, and in our hope of an eternity spent with Jesus, we are told quite specifically that there is no temple. And you see, there will be no more temple in eternity because, because God will be living fully and eternally with his people, just as he has always longed for. That's our hope. We look forward as Holy Spirit-filled people, as that royal temple and holy priesthood. We look forward to the day when Jesus returns and, we will, and he will finish what he started in us and there will be no more sin, no more hurt, no more pain, just us and him living together, united forever. What a beautiful story this is. Begun in the Torah, uh, finished and completed throughout the scriptures. The story of a God who wants nothing more than to be present with his people as his partners. Well, everyone, we have one more lesson to go. Look forward to joining you next time.
Well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Deeply Rooted Podcast. I hope that you are blessed by our time together in the Word of God and pray that your roots went a little bit deeper. If you could do three things for me as we close our time together today, I would be blessed. First, if you could subscribe to this podcast, I would love that. That would be an easy way for you to listen to all future episodes and continue to get our updates. Second, if you could share what you heard today, I would really appreciate that. There should be an easy way to do that, to share this to your Facebook page, and I would be blessed by that. And then finally, if you could leave a review, I would love to hear what you think and, and how this episode went. So if you could share, subscribe, and leave us a review, I would be blessed. God bless you, everyone. And until next time, this is Peter Brower on the Deeply Rooted Podcast.